seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't change the Don't change yeah, it's great to have you coming here. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Kia and the Kia EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Plenty coming up on the program. Now, later, I'll be speaking to a gentleman who has been the CEO of the Melbourne Storm. He was there when there was a storm at the Melbourne Storm, and they had their premierships taken away from them because of salary cap breaches. He's also been involved in management positions at St Kilda. He was the driving force behind the resurgence of St Kilda many years ago, both on and off the field when Ross Lyon was there. And also, he spent uh, a number of years at the Richmond Football Club as the footy manager. Always very opinionated, always has a very common sense take on a lot of the sporting uh, comments uh, and issues going around. Speaking about Brian Waldron, he's going to join us a little bit later on. And I'm going to ask him the question about Trevor Nisbet, the CEO of the West Coast Eagles, and how he sees it. He's been a CEO. He's been an administrator at a sporting club when things haven't exactly gone right. And what is the responsibility of the CEO? Uh, there is a petition going around at the moment, as we know, from the West Coast Eagles fans to try and keep Adam Simpson as the coach. But there doesn't seem to be as much love for the CEO, Trevor Nisbet, who could be possibly the scapegoat as early as next week or the week after, after this final round of home and away fixtures are played this weekend with West Coast taking on Adelaide. So a lot to... Uh, Get your thoughts when you hear Brian Waldron. He's coming up shortly, so I look forward to that. The other thing that I was reading in the West Australian wasn't today. I was going to mention it yesterday, but I didn't get an opportunity to. I was reading the letters to the editor in the West yesterday, and there was a letter written by an individual saying about Sam Kerr, the superstar of Australian football, that is world football, and her eye-catching goal in that match the other night, the one that draws level with England in the semi-final. One of the great goals, certainly in recent times, and everybody was talking about that. And this person actually, in the letters to the editor, suggested there should be possibly a statue of Sam Kerr, if not outside HBF Park, maybe outside Optus Stadium, because she has done so much for the sport of football. She's an ambassador. She has brought a lot of people uh, to the game. And I look at the Nikki Winmar statue, just from my broadcast position here in the SENWA studios, of course, pointing to his colour of his skin, which was a, a monumental moment in the history and that action of uh, AFL football, of course, when you're playing for St Kilda against Collingwood. And then I thought, is Sam Kerr maybe worthy of a statue? But then I thought to myself, well, Taylor Harris, of course, has been certainly immortalised in bronze, reportedly outside Dockler's, Dockland Stadium, depicting one of the most talked-about moments in Australian history and which one which attracted global attention – 
uh, regarding, of course, her kick. The kick that was captured when she was playing for Carlton, kicking for goal in a game against the Western Bulldogs in 2019, which quickly became one of the most revered photographs of Australian sport. She was 21, captured mid-kick, a body stretch torn like a bow as she launched into a set shot for goal. And this incredible display of athleticism has become a powerful symbol of the rapid rise of AFLW. Well, hang on. Hasn't Sam Kerr had the same rapid rise for world football? And that goal the other night in the match against England in a World Cup, World Cup inverted commas, isn't it time that we maybe... She got the keys to the city from Basil Zemplis, the Lord Mayor of Perth, when she was back in town last time. Maybe it's time to honour some of our champions. And I don't think there's been one individual in recent times, I'm talking about recent times, that has done so much for one sport. We've just had the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup and it was all about Sam Kerr. She was the talk. Everything. She only played three matches in the World Cup, but the Aussie star was the most significant headline act when it came to that event, where Australia did so well and captivated a nation. And that goal was one of the best, and I've followed the game for a long time, that I've seen in the circumstances. With so much pressure, the player underdone. So maybe it's time. Taylor Harris, I don't disagree with it, but isn't it time to maybe look at one of our very own and maybe put something in recognition of her contribution to sport and the fact that she's one of our own, maybe outside Optus, maybe outside HBF Park, where, where it's the rectangular stadium, where she will be playing come October. Give us your thoughts on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. That's uh, my headline for the good oil, uh, Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Should we, rather than leave it down the track... Let's strike while the iron's hot. Should we maybe rally and try and at least proudly symbolise one of our great sporting champions that has shot to prominence over one of the biggest sporting events on the planet? And it was housed here in our very own backyard. Of course, Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. All right. Let's roll into it, uh, as we do on a Thursday. The top seven, it's all thanks to Kia and the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year. We're looking at the top seven stories of the week, and there's been a couple that have happened in recent times. Let's kick it off with number seven. Number seven. I think we won't try and reinvent the wheel at all. Um, I think the most important thing I've learned about leadership is just staying true to yourself and... um, you know, Paddy and, and Andrew McDonald have created an incredible environment around our group right now, and um, hopefully I can just continue that in the T20 format and um, you know, create an environment where guys come in and just enjoy playing cricket for Australia. Do you feel like you've got all the best running public right behind you now that you've Australian <laughs> captain? Uh, hopefully, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be tough, tough job with, uh, without that, but um, I've certainly felt a lot of love over the last few months. And, uh, I just loved how invested all of our fans were in the Ashes people losing sleep. I'm not sure there was much work being done around Australia at that time, but um, we've certainly felt all the love. 
That's Mitch Marsh. Our very own is declared he's ready and willing to be Australia's long-term white ball captain as the all-rounder prepares to lead an Australian tour to South Africa for the first time. Uh, it's next Wednesday, the opening match in South Africa in the city of Durban, and Marsh will become Australia's 12th men's T20 skipper as officials ponder who will replace previous captain Aaron Finch on a full-time basis. Number six. Perisic. It's Ben Davis. Oh, and Ben Davis almost apologetically turns and salutes what should be the clinching goal for Spurs as the final whistle is blown. Harry who? It's finished Tottenham 2, Manchester United nil. There was elements of it, particularly in the second half, where we showed the kind of team we want to be, and that's what you're looking for. And uh, I'm not silly enough to think that you know, two weeks into a season, six or, six or so weeks into my tenure, they were going to be putting in complete performances. But what you want to see is you know, some, some sprouts of growth in terms of the team we want to be, and I, I definitely saw that. And, and, and real resilience. We could have gone into our shells in the second half, but if anything, we, we got more brave and more courageous in our football and we got the rewards. That was history uh, in the making. Ange Postacoglu, the coach of Tottenham Hotspur, the first Australian, firstly to become a manager of the English Premier League club being Spurs, and the first Australian to be involved in a victory as well in the EPL as manager. And it was against one of the powerhouses of not only English football, but world football, Manchester United, by two goals to nil. Number five. Yeah, yeah, we tried to tank that the last three minutes. It didn't work. I kept on saying kick it the other way and play equalised game. But, no, nah, look, it was um, credit to the players. They were really disappointed last week. So to respond the way they did, it's been a heavy couple of weeks and, yeah, really proud of the players. I wish I could be higher, but I don't let the lows get to me either. So I've just got this... It really annoys a lot of people, especially my wife. I don't, I don't ride the highs and I don't, I don't bottom out either. So... I'm happy, really happy for the players. They responded, and whatever happens with me, I, I suspect it shouldn't change. What a decision for me is not based on today or last week. It's it's based on how they see it going forward, and whatever they decide, they decide. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, and he's been like that, hasn't it? The highs and the lows. He's been pretty plateaued, Adam Simpson. But the ground well, groundswell of support from the West Coast Eagles faithful cannot be uh, not noticed. Um, there are petitions being drawn up. Uh, there's a gentleman who's running a petition who's about to present 5,000 signatures to the West Coast Eagles uh, board. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, post the match this weekend, this Saturday night between West Coast and also the Adelaide Crows. Of course, uh, most of the focus, in fact, all of the focus will be not only on the result, but also farewelling three champions of the game in Shannon Hearn, Luke Shuey, and of course, Nick Natanui. It's going to be a Big night and a special night for the West Coast Eagles on Saturday night. And what happens with Adam Simpson, who, by the way, is talking to the media tomorrow. It's just come through. He'll be speaking to the media at midday tomorrow, ahead of that game uh, tomorrow night. And I wonder if the question will be asked by someone, do you expect this to be your final game? Number four. It's obviously a great privilege to coach this club. Um, I feel there's so many people that it takes to make a great footy club. Players, staff, CEO, management, board, and I'm just lucky enough to help steer it. I've got one vision when I come into a footy club, and that's to create an environment where people love to come, where they feel like they can get the best of themselves, and we build something that's connected and together. And we have that as a footy club. Um, so, as I said, it's a privilege to coach this club. 
I love it with all my heart um, and I love you boys. Let's get it done. Uh, go. That was recorded on the uh, Melbourne Footy Club website. Uh, and Gary Lyon, who works for SEN and does breakfast in Melbourne, is an unabashed fan of uh, Simon Goodwin, the former Demas captain. Uh, Lyon believes that Goodwin's uh, two-year extension, which will keep uh, Goodwin at the helm until at least 2026, is an unbelievably positive one for the club. And as we know, Goodwin has been embroiled in allegations of poor behaviour, misconduct and alleged drug use, which has resulted in a court action from former president, Glenn Bartlett. Number three. Kennedy for a national record to put the pressure on. Yes! Oh, yes! Oh, yes! We may well have just seen the gold medal winning vault. She's the Olympic champion. She's the world champion. Is she about to relinquish one of these crowns? Oh, no, she's not. There's a lot of nodding and smiling going on. It's, is it? They're having the conversation. I think they're deciding potentially if they're just too tired to carry on. It is. It's it happening. Is. It's a fitting end to a wonderful, wonderful competition. Nina Kennedy will be on the back pages of all the newspapers in Australia tomorrow. Yes, just an incredible performance by the girl from Bustleton. Went to the University of Notre Dame here in Fremantle. That's where she had her education. And last night, uh, the pole vaulter soared to new heights, uh, tying for the gold medal with American Katie Moon in a drama charge final at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. And I'll touch on that a bit later on here on Sports Day WA. Number two. I'm very, very, very excited. Um, I likened it to, to waking up on Christmas Day and walking out to a, a set of brand new toys, which is very exciting. You know, the quality people here and the quality playing list we have, we're, we're capable of doing some special things. Um, and I'm very excited to be a part of that journey. So I'm very much looking forward to, to coaching you young men and taking us to where we need to go. And that's to, uh, to raise our first Premiership Cup, which I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure will be in the not too distant future. Big call, uh, but good luck to Damien Hardwick. He's got six years uh, to do it, uh, to bring the very first Premiership Cup to uh, the, well, the party town or the party strip of Australia being the Gold Coast. Six-year deal after only, uh, of course, resigning and stepping down due to pressures and, uh, you know, basically uh, the mental health situation. He just needed a break. It was just taking its toll as the coach of the Richmond Football Club. But he's got three premierships to show for it and hopefully uh, we'll bring one eventually to the Gold Coast Suns. Number one. Keys, can he be a hero? Keys kicks towards goal. Oh, oh, he's missed. He's missed. Taps on it. Oh, he thinks he's kicked it. Hit the post. He thinks he's kicked he's it. He's celebrating. It. It's a liberatory what they did years ago. They're still celebrating in front of the hill. They oh. think they've kicked there was a, a goal umpiring decision that should have been reviewed uh, and that was a mistake. I want to I say conclusively that if the decision had been reviewed, it would have been overturned uh, and it would have been a goal. It's a, a human error that happens repeatedly through games across the course of the year, but this is a, an error uh, that, given that the context and the moment, was of great consequence and... Uh, I want to acknowledge that it was a mistake and I want to, you know, I take accountability for the mistake on behalf of the league. So there you go, number one. No more needs to be said regarding what transpired in the match between Adelaide and Sydney uh, last Saturday night with that uh, goal situation.
Uh, that is the top seven stories of the week for mine. Thanks to Kia. Didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, the Kia Carnival GUV. Check it out. All right, let's, uh, before we take a break, and Brian Waldron's going to join us after the break, and he'll talk about that uh, Adelaide fiasco as well as one of the topics we're going to discuss. Uh, the footy teams, uh, it was mentioned in the run home, for those people that missed it, Hawthorne take on Fremantle, 11.45 hour time at the MCG on Saturday. That's the early game, and for the Dockers, in comes Joel Hamling, and Michael Walters returns, uh, out goes Bailey Banfield, he's injured, uh, Jager O'Meara, and also Neil Erasmus, who was the sub. And for the West Coast Eagles, uh, they take on the Adelaide Crows uh, that night, Saturday night, Brady Hoff, Luke Shuey, Shannon Hearn are in, so it'd be a great farewell for those two champions. Uh, omitted uh, Campbell Chesser, Elliot Yo is injured, also omitted Jermaine Jones and Zane True. And that game gets underway at 10 past six. Uh, that is West Coast against the Adelaide Crows. And no doubt next week will be very interesting uh, to see exactly what the West Coast Eagles boards decide. All right. On the other side of the break, we'll speak to Brian Waldron here on Sports Day WA. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos on this Thursday. Great to have your company. And I thought it's been a pretty busy week. There's been a lot of headlines in a number of sports uh, during the course of the last seven to ten days. And I sort of lean on this gentleman every now and then because he's certainly got his opinion. He's certainly uh, very much versed in a lot of sports. After all, he was the CEO of the Melbourne Storm in the rugby league competition. He's been involved in the AFL, both at Richmond and St Kilda. I'm talking about Brian Waldron, and he joins us on the program now. Hi, Brian. Nice to chat again. Hi, Pete. Yeah, lovely to chat. It's been a hope busy well. week, hasn't he? I'm very well, and I hope you're well. But it's been a busy week, and there's been some major issues. Can we start with the AFL first up? Uh, have you got a mm. take on what transpired in Adelaide last weekend and where the AFL technology is at after Paul's been involved in other sports where there's been the bunker and, and certainly other areas of technology. It's probably the perfect storm for those that have been talking for a long time about the issues they've had. It's, it's really um, inexcusable for it to occur. And the AFL know that. I think they've... Gillen got out the next day and put his hand straight up and said it was an error, but... Look, the, uh, there's a lot of people that would be saying that um, there's plenty of money goes through the coffers of the AFL. Surely they can find the technology to, to make this right, particularly on the back of what we saw in the World Cup with VAR. I mean, it was clear that technology was you know, state-of-the-art, as good as you can be. I mean, we remember that decision that was made within an inch of a millimetre, wasn't it? That, yeah. um, that there, there was a penalty scored and, you know, went straight up top and sort of three seconds later they made a decision it was a goal. Um, we have to just get better. Um, look, I think there's been real maturity shown by Adelaide. I mean, the first thing um, Matty Nick said was, yep, we lost the game, but we didn't lose it there. We lost it in the first half. And he's right. I mean, it's not always decided. And then the bit of the carry-on, which you sort of get the emotion of it all, but there was a minute and a half to go. Who knows, the ball could have come out of the middle and Sydney could have kicked three goals in a minute and a half, couldn't they? So errors are made, human errors are made. I felt sorry for the fellow that did it. Probably got to just address it and get it right. But, hey, well, there's plenty plenty of smart people still there will make those right decisions, won't they? They have to, don't they? Uh, imagine if that yeah. was like in a, a cut-and-throat final. But hopefully it will be corrected now. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the seven-second rule, the eight-second rule. I think what, what, what I struggle with is what actually happened, why that happened this time. Because we've all been at games this year when they, ref, when they have referred what looked to be the most 
obvious decisions, and we always said, oh, they're doing that to get the sponsors, you know, brand on the scoreboard. Well, it didn't sort of happen the other night. No one can sort of tell me why that didn't. But anyway, we move on. Yeah, Hopefully the, with this pitch. And the best angle, would you believe, was from a punter behind the goals who had his phone up and actually caught the goal going through the major opening. But uh, we move on. Of course. Um, yep. You were a driving force behind the resurgence of St Kilda many years ago, mm-hmm. both yeah. on and off the field. Uh, where do you see the Saints at the moment? Uh, they upset Geelong last week and they're ready to play finals. Uh, where do you see them at? Well, you know, Peter, I've got a soft spot for them. And also through our business with um, our partnership with New Balance, we do not just uh, St Kilda with the Eagles and a number of others. So I've said right from the start with Ross, I said he will make them as good as they can be. And that's what he's done. He's got them to finals with a squad that is that has been battered with injuries that really, aside from probably Wilkie and Sinclair, who have played all year, haven't had, you know, elite players available. I know we know Jones, uh, not Jones, um, Max King's, a, you know, a super talent, but he hasn't played much. Memory hasn't played. He's got the best out of them. He plays a brand that's very easy to see. And they've done a great job. You know, they've been in the... Only, only two teams have been in the eight all year. One's Collingwood and one's St Kilda. So I always felt if they made a final, it's a great achievement. But I will say this, Pete, the way they play, they can win. And they can certainly win a final. I don't think they can go any further. I think there's five clear teams that sort of stand out. But he's done a super job. And a lot of West Australian people remember he was unlucky with Fremantle. He was, un- he was unlucky with... Um, the Saints back in the you know in, the, in 2009 and 10. I know they're building, but I think he's done a great job, and that's all you want from your team. You want whether it's St Kilda or whether it's Richmond or whether it's the West Coast or Fremantle. You want them to be as good as they can be, don't you? Yeah, and your other club was Richmond. Of course, you're involved as, yeah. uh, with them for a number of years, and yeah. we've seen what's happened there. Should uh, Richmond be dirty? That Damien Hardwick, after having about three months off and said he was burnt out, all of a sudden has taken a lucrative job on the Gold Coast? Well, I've got some bias here too because we also look after the Suns. <laughs> and my son works there, would you believe? Oh, does uh, he? I love it. I, I love what he's done. I think, I think it is magnificent for the game of AFL that Damien Hardwick has gone up there. I mean, Damien Hardwick did. He did have Dusty and he did have Jack and he had Lynch and he had... You know, Cochin, and he had Prestia, and he had Rance. He had a lot of great players that made him a three-time premiership player. But he also had something that um, not every coach has. He had a group of players that played for him everywhere, every year for Richmond as he got better, and they improved. So I think it's a great thing for the Gold Coast. Should they be dirty? No. He gave them years and years of service. That's all you can ask. And I think they probably accept that it's a... I think it's a fantastic thing for the national competition, wouldn't you, Pete? I think it's a great thing he's gone there. And I have watched him play live. I went to the Brisbane Gold Coast game, and they're dangerous. I don't, I don't expect him to win one, but, you know, there's no excuses now. For years, we've looked at them. If you go there, their facilities are outstanding. They go about their job, just doing what they need to do. I mean, I think they can be very similar to the Sydney Swans. And, you know, we talk about the Melbourne Storm in the NRL. You go there. You're not recognised. You're there to be elite and you can be as good as you can be under Damien Hardwick. So I think it's a great thing. Richmond, well, they're rebuilding, but how quickly is going to be interesting, isn't it? I think they've got to make some, probably some difficult choices with a couple of their players that they've probably got to not bottom out, but make a decision if they go backwards a little bit to go forward. 
just depends on how good they think their top quality players are. Only they can answer that. Now, you've been uh, the CEO of a national uh, competition that is yep. with the Melbourne Storm. There yep. is a real storm here in Western Australia over the West Coast Eagles. Should the coach go? Should he stay? What happens to the CEO? What are your thoughts on the way it's bubbling on this side of the country? And should the CEO and how much responsibility should the CEO take on board for the demise of once the proud West Coast Eagles? I think, I think Trevor, having known him for a long time, I think Trevor's always taken responsibility for the good and the not so good. I think he takes responsibility for this. But, you know, along the way, he lets people do their job. And clearly their list management hasn't been at the level that it needs to be. They've also been incredibly unlucky with injuries. I mean, let's be fair, when... They lined up last weekend and you saw Cripps kick five, you saw McGovern play, you saw Yo play. They haven't had either um, Shuey or Hearn all year. They didn't get Nat Newell. They might have gone a year too long with a couple. They've got Darling who's still going all right, and they've got probably arguably, if we're honest about it, as exciting a full forward as anyone in the competition. So I don't think you can blame the CEO for that. I mean, that's just what's happened sometimes. Did they go a bit long? Well, how long do you go when you win a flag what, five years ago? You, you, you give them a right to see if they can continue to get as good as they can be. Probably their issue is their recruitment of some of their players hasn't been at the level they'd like. But there's some excitement. I mean, Hewitt's exciting and Long's exciting. So they'll get some early picks again this year. They'll get the, I think it's the boy Curtin. So, no, I, I don't think the CEO, his job's to set the strategy with the board. I think Trevor's done a magnificent job. And I've watched from afar the way that they've been beaten up by the press. I'm not sure what they want them to do. But apart from going, yeah, we could have done things better. It's a pretty tough business. And you know what, Pete? Only one team can win it. Yeah. Only one team every year can win the damn thing. I mean, Matthew Richardson was talking in, on radio last night here in Melbourne. In, in professional football in America, if you have a 50-50 year, if you win as many as you lose, it's a success. Do we judge their success on one year? No. On two years? No. We'll judge the Eagles' success now, whether they can win another flag in the next five or ten years. Because historically, they're as good as any club in the competition. If you look at their record as a start-up team, they have done an unbelievable job. You know who led that? Trevor Nisbet. Yeah. So let's be fair to him on that basis. I think, he, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's changing his lieutenants. In relation to the coach, well, he led you to a flag back in 18. Um, done a wonderful job. Maybe his time's up. I don't know. Maybe they've got to just sort of change a few troops around him, but there's enough smart people there to decide what's best. Yeah, fair call. Uh, thanks for that. Certainly a nice little insight into the West Coast Eagles. From a neutral, and you've been around sport for a long, long time, mm. could you believe the impact of the Matildas on Australia? Uh, it's really interesting, isn't it? I, I came over to Brisbane today from Melbourne. On, on the plane over, there's a, it's a thing on um, Netflix called Untold, which is a terrific series about stories in sport, and it went through the history of the America's Cup. Um, back in 1983, and it took us through John Birch and the whole story. And I couldn't think but to relate that back to the Matildas, where as a nation we got behind this group of people that just give us that incredible sense of pride. And it, the, the funny thing about, you know, we had Ben Lexon then, and we had John Birch, and we had Alan Bond. Okay, we talked about Alan Bond, what Alan Bond was, but Alan Bond still did what he did. The funny thing about the Matildas is that they're an eclectic bunch of people that there's no one real. I mean, Sam didn't play. Yet we still got behind this group of people like I've never seen us do it at any other time, probably other than the America's Cup at my age. So I think it's a wonderful thing. What happens now is the interesting thing. I mean, the WS um, soccer, the women's soccer, the the um, A-League soccer, both battling. But 
I think there's enough there to work on. And we, you know, we're spending $60 million in Melbourne. A lot of people talk about the investment in soccer. They're spending $60 million, Peter, at the Trobe University on a new Matildas facility. That's not been spoken about much. That's actually factual. They're nearly finished. It'll probably end up being $100 million. So we'll put resources in. Are we lucky that we've got Sam Kerr? Absolutely. We're going to find the next one, don't we? Yeah. And what about women's sport? Has it given women's sport, whether it's not just uh, soccer as we know it, but AFLW, uh, the Australian cricket team, has it given women's sport a real fillip generally, do you think? I think... I think um, I think there's been a changing of the guard and the perception of women. I mean, if you go through the teams nationally, the women's cricket teams have been fantastic for a number of years, haven't they? Yeah. Elise Gillies led the way there, and Elise Perry as well, what they've done there. I mean, the women's cricket team have been great. We've now got the soccer team. AFLW's just got to feel their way. I mean, there's a lot of cries, give it more, give it more, but it's got to be able to pay its way, but you do need to invest in it. So I think the other one that's actually taken off is rugby league. Women's rugby league, it's quite an easy game to play compared to AFL. So there's quite a fair bit of people taking notice of that as well. So I think it's good. Look, have a look what happened overnight with our um, pole vaulter. Mm. Uh, unbelievable, isn't it? So anytime something happens, there's this whole fervour around the patriotism with our women and our men. And what we've got to do is get our men's rugby team up. I mean, Eddie Jones has got a huge job there. I don't know about you, people, but I go back to the days of John Eels and others, when it didn't matter what the sport was, you were proud of your team playing. So it goes both ways. But every time we get a team that is able to stamp themselves and do something that is above the ordinary in the eyes of a patriotic Australian, we embrace it. So I think it's going to be interesting to see the flow-on effect, particularly for women's football, but then also for other sports. Yeah, good stuff. Brian Walden, always lovely to have a chat to you and, and reconnect. Uh, you always make a common sense, and you get people thinking about what you've just said. I know a lot of West Coast Eagles fans, where there's petitions being uh, put together to be presented to the West Coast Eagles to keep Adam Simpson there. Uh, there's a groundswell of support for currently the West Coast Eagles coach. I think what you said about the Eagles is certainly a lot of food for thought. Thanks for your time, mate. Stay well and, and enjoy the next few days up there in Brisbane. Anytime, Pete. Brian Waldron joining us. As I said, I like to go to Brian every now and then. He's got such a great grasp on sport and issues. And every now and then when it is uh, maybe an issues-driven week, as it has been with the West Coast Eagles, with what happened in Adelaide, with the Matildas, it's good to get an independent view on that. Hope you enjoyed that. This is Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlasel. Thanks to Kia. And also Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. They've been serving WA for 45 years. Back with more after the break. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Let's have a look at some of the sports happenings during the course of the last 24 hours. We're here for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. And certainly from a West Australian point of view, great news with pole vaulter Nina Kennedy soaring to new heights, tying for the gold medal with American Katie Moon in a drama-charged final at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. Let's relive some of the action. Kennedy for a national record to put the pressure on. Yes! Oh, yes! Oh, yes! We may well have just seen the gold medal-winning vault. She's the Olympic champion. She's the world champion. Is she about to relinquish one of these crowns? Oh, no, she's not. 
there's a lot of nodding and smiling going on. It's is it? They're having the conversation. I think they're deciding potentially if they're just too tired to carry on. It is. It's it is. It's a fitting end to a wonderful, wonderful competition. Nina Kennedy will be on the back pages of all the newspapers in Australia tomorrow. Yes, no, a magnificent gesture last night. Kennedy twice broke her own national record with a first-up clearance of 4.85 metres and a gutsy third and final crack at 4.9. Now, on both occasions, the reigning world and Olympic champ, Moon, held a nerve to match the West Aussie. Then the pair each had three unsuccessful attempts at 4.95 metres before embracing each other on the track, as you heard in the commentary. Well, as we know, it's the final round of AFL home and away games, and uh, certainly Ross Lyon. And this is what Ross had to say officially today on St Kilda qualifying for the finals. Yeah, pretty level. Um, obviously, uh, it's a nice little milestone. Um, it's an objective of all the clubs. Um, I suppose there's a... You know, as a percentage, you're just trying to get into the top 50-odd percent uh, of performance. So, yeah, it's not the highest bar, but it's a start. So, yeah. Um, but we're really... It's it's where we want to be. It's where everyone wants to be. But, look, we've achieved nothing except get through qualifying. But that hasn't finished yet. And then um, we'll, we'll take it from there. Our real thing is about trying to improve our football. We, we play a very good football team this week. Um, at their home ground where they've got a formidable record, but we're really looking forward to getting up there and challenging ourselves. And um, We're trying to bridge the gap, clearly, to the top four. The, that, that top four has put a gap on the rest of the competition, so um, we're trying to bridge that gap this week. And Essendon coach Brad Scott has lauded the incredible turnaround of Anthony McDonald Tippin Woody, who made a return to football this season, but both had conceded. It's not enough to go on next year, and the cult hero will get a farewell match against Collingwood tomorrow night at the MCG. Wallers uh, decided to retire. He, he did joke that he'd just um, replay the vision from last year. But um, no, he's, he's come to a decision. We've been talking for a, a long period of time just about you know his, his future and um, he's decided that, that he will retire and he'll play on Friday night, which would be... Um, you know, an unbelievable opportunity for, for all Essendon people to get to the MCG and, and, and celebrate what's been just an incredible career. And, you know, I said to the playing group, it's hard to... All the great champions that have come through the Essendon Football Club, it's, it's actually hard to think of someone who's made such an impression on our supporter base um, and on our club on so many different levels. So he's, it's, um, yeah, it's a celebration for, for Waller and, you know, the... Great deeds he's, he's displayed on field are great, but you know he's most of the most pleasing thing for me is you know, he's happy again, you know, and he's reconnected with the Essendon Football Club. And um, you know, while this this year hasn't been perfect for him, there's still been you know many Walla highlights. So, um, but he's really happy, and he'll he'll stay really closely connected with our club um, into the future, and he'll play a really important role in our community space, also our connection with with um, Indigenous players, and he's got a real passion for helping young young Indigenous players um, come through. So our connection with Tiwi is really important there too. So um, he's going to have a really important off-field role for us, but he's got one more really important on-field role on Friday night.
And that's Brad Scott, the uh, coach of the Essendon Football Club, talking about the retirement of Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. And finally, in this update, Sam Kerr, as we know, is a superstar of Australian football and her eye-watering salary reflects that position. Now, the 29-year-old, who was the face of the recent 2023 Women's World Cup, and while she only appeared in Australia's three knockout games, she was the talk of the tournament. One of the best strikers on the planet, as we know, in the women's game, with her star power also shining bright away from the pitch. Now, the Aussie star raked in reportedly $3.34 million dollars according to the Australian Financial Review last year, thanks to a hefty contract with Chelsea alongside endorsement deals with Nike and EA Sports. Now, her significant income blows her Matilda's teammates out of the water as she made more than double that of the next highest-paid teammate in Ellie Carpenter. Now, Kerr has been partnered with Nike for 13 years with a deal said to be worth reportedly about $1 million annually. Sammy's doing okay. Don't worry about that. And uh, now, that is all thanks to Polaris. The plate clearance deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger 1000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. And now we move on to our regular Thursday segment here on Sports Day WA. And, of course, it's the AFL record. And the round 24, the final round of home and away fixtures this weekend and we're here to preview thanks to Signet's uh, wind out, a Signet charge-up auto jump starter. And the man that brings us all the inside information and what you'll be reading in the AFL record this weekend is their senior football writer in Ash Brown. Ash, thanks for your time. Hi, Pete. How are you? It's been a pretty busy week in AFL, hasn't it? Always a busy week just, uh, in the AFL. This week, more so than usual. Plenty happening with the uh, controversy in Adelaide and Dimmer Hardwick. So plenty to write about it and talk about as always. Yeah. What about uh, the teams that missed the finals? I believe you conducting a bit of review of their seasons and a couple of uh, surprises, naturally, with the Bulldogs and the Cats missing out. Yeah, that's right. So we've had a look at the uh, the addition this week. The, the first order of business for the teams that haven't made the finals, and we know for sure there are nine of them. We'll have one more after the weekend for you, of course. So just... Uh, Go through and say, what's the first thing they probably want to look at? They've all got a lengthy to-do list, don't they, to have, as they start thinking about next season, review this season. So we've sort of given them a bit of a help along. With we think this is the first thing you need to look at. I must admit, there's not a day that hasn't gone by in the last sort of week to 10 days when there hasn't been a retirement out of the AFL system from respective clubs. We've seen it here in the West with Hearn and... Shuey and recently Nick Natanui, uh, a bit happened at Richmond as well. Yeah, it's been a really long list. And someone made the joke that uh, they might have delayed the grand final stuff by now by the cavalcade. There's that many of them that are going to be uh, driving around before the game, but, and a lot more this week. And obviously, the focus, I guess, is over in the West now with uh, the three you know, giants of West Coast uh, Luke Shuey, Nick Natanui, and Shannon Hearn retiring. Hearn gets to play in his last game. Those two will be farewell anyway. So they're, they're, they're on the cover of the record this week just to celebrate fantastic careers. And I'm, I'm hopeful there'll be a big crowd at the game on uh, Saturday night to, to, to bid them the farewell that they absolutely deserve. You said they're on the cover of the AFL record this week? 
Yeah, the, uh, we've got some look at some uh, tribute to retiring players as our, as our cover story for this, uh, on the cover this week and the story inside. Oh, good stuff, Obi. Great uh, collector's item for those people that are coming to the game on Saturday night, all West Coast Eagles fans. I reckon they'll, they'll snap them up. Don't worry, the AFL record. Saying that, uh, Damien Hardwick was big news this week. Uh, probably the AFL's worst kept secret. But in the end, he's now the Gold Coast Suns coach for the next six years. Yeah, we had a look at that, that uh, historic appointment. I don't know what you think, Pete, but I reckon you might be the first, the first time I've ever, ever seen anybody truly happy to be putting on a West Coast, uh, sorry, Gold Coast polo for the first time. <laughs> so we done other people, like it's a forced smile or what have you, but uh, he's generally excited about being there and what he's got to work with. I think it's a wonderful and fantastic appointment for the club and for the game. You know, if you want footy to succeed, you want it to be the national sport, then you want to see the team on the Gold Coast work. So I think... Uh, Hardwick might be the guy finally who can make it work. And it was a pretty momentous announcement this week. You know what I also saw, just the way he was brimming with delight? There's no doubt he's looking forward to the challenge. He always loves a challenge. But I reckon for him, it's also a change of lifestyle. Getting away from the nitty-gritty uh, situation there in Melbourne with football and the weather. And he's going up there on the Gold Coast. Bit more laid back, bit more sunshine. And with a real job to do. I, I just got that feeling from Damien Hardwick. Look, there's no doubt he's been very, very well paid to do it, Pete. But I think you're right. I think there's a huge challenge for him. And he'll enjoy being out of the fishbowl. We saw at times, you know, even when Richmond were doing well, he'd be a bit grumpy and not happy about things and the scrutiny and the, the media and the pressure that comes with coaching a big club in Melbourne. So I think, yeah, from a, a lifestyle point of view, going away to the Gold Coast but being able to keep doing what he loves to do, I think it's a, a great outcome for him. And Ash, uh, I believe there's a feature about a, a comment piece regarding the AFL and needing to appoint a general manager of football now. Yeah, well, I wrote this, uh, my weekly column in, in the magazine. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch to blame the goal-on playing era at Adelaide Oval last week on there not being a GM of football. There's been a lot of little football-related episodes that haven't gone brilliantly for the AFL this year. And I know the KPIs in terms of participation and attendance and TV ratings and club membership have been through the roof this year. No doubt the game is as big and as popular as ever. But the core business is footy, and I think they've uh, neglected a few areas of football, the AFL this year, and it hasn't helped not having a football figurehead. So I think it's got to be a real priority for the AFL. And the very first thing Andrew Dillon has to do when he takes over after the grand final is once and for all put that head of football in. Yeah, it sounds like uh, a good read, uh, certainly your piece as well, but a great collector's edition with all the retirees. The AFL record to be on sale, as we know, around the perimeter of Optus Stadium Saturday night when the Eagles take on the Crows. And, of course, you can order even the back editions. Uh, go to aflrecord.com.au. Thanks, Ash. Uh, we'll talk to you again probably in a couple of weeks together because there's no footy next week. Hopefully next week or weekend off. But, yeah, talk again for the finals. Look forward to it. Good on you. Ash Brown, the senior rider for the footy record. Get your copy on Saturday night. All thanks to Signet. And you can win Dad a Signet charge-up auto jump starter. All you need to visit is iCanWin.com.au. That's iCanWin.com.au. AU. And good luck from us here at Sports Day WA. That's the program for this week. Hope you've enjoyed it. Look forward to having your company on Saturday night.
from about 5.20 with uh, Jimmy Williams and Scotty Cummings. We'll call the match between the West Coast Eagles and the Adelaide Crows for the SENWA market. Wherever you are in Western Australia, make sure you tune in. And if you are coming to the stadium and you haven't uh, maybe tried it before, before you come to the stadium, download the SEN app, okay? Download the app. And then, of course, when you come into the stadium... Open your SEN app and you'll see a tab there, SEN Stadium. Click on that, put your buds or earphones in and listen to our call, play-by-play, no delay. It's a great way to sit back and feel the atmosphere of uh, an AFL match uh, and watch the call. I'd say, watch the match, listen to the call. As I said, play-by-play, no delay. Thanks to Jimmy. Uh, also, thanks to Brian. Of course, the program brought to you by Kia, the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Have a great weekend, everyone. Sports Day WA listeners, catch you again Monday from 5.